Hello, listener. It's New Game Plus, your pixel perfect podcast for all things gaming. I'm your host, Dan. And your co host, Antonio. Now, today uh, is a very, very special day. Uh, we have uh, a very close friend of mine, a really good voice actor. You guys may know him uh, as the English voice of Mishima Yuki in Persona 5 and Persona 5 The Royal, uh, the English voice of Nat- Na- Subaru-, Subaru Natsuki in ReZero, uh, or Rivali in Breath of the Wild, as well as many, many other roles. Um, he is an awesome voice actor, an awesome person. He is the one, the only, Sean R- Blade Blado Bledgens Chiplock. Man, why'd you give away my pseudonym? Now I can't Sorry. record for hentai anymore, you bastard. <laughs> Damn it. You just gotta come up with another pseudonym. I was known as the legendary Blade. Now I gotta come up with one that now I have to move on to C, the legendary Clade. Come on, man. There's only 26 letters in the alphabet. I'm running out here. It's fine. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. And 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 lesser known role. Also the excited teen from the Universal Studios Harry Potter commercial. <laughs> this is I don't know why I went full James Lipton there, but that was one of my first reality checks of realizing how nobody cares because I was on at the time that I worked for Disneyland California Adventure. I was on the employee crew bus going from the parking lot into the park and the universal ad where I voiced the teenager comes on on oh, the bus, no. which, by the way, the irony of a universal ad playing on a Disney uh, crew member bus was not lost <laughs> on me. But I was super excited because I heard my own voice. And for just a split second, I wanted to go, oh, my God, dude, everyone, that's me. That's me on the radio. And then I looked around and realized everyone was already thinking about, you know, how many hours were left until they got to go back home. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) You're in a mouse's house now, bitch. Don't talk about that shit. Bring money or don't bring anything, including yourself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be an amazing episode. I can tell already. We haven't even gone to our questions yet. Oh, just, but just so I know, what what is the the is this a mature podcast or is there oh, a yeah, you, language filter? You're, you're more than allowed to swear. We have the explicit sign on our episodes. Okay, cool. I mean, we can't stop uh, underage people from listening to it, but hey, it's like the you know it's it's that whole mature audience thing, like on Twitch. There's it's a one button thing. Right. <laughs> that, Are that you over the age of eighteen? Yes. Not need it versus need it and not have used it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, you know what? I kind of want to give some backstory here. Um, Antonio, how the hell did you get Sean Cheplock on our show? Uh, he asked. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <Stop> well. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, I, I, okay, that, that's it for me, folks. I'm gonna be out of here. Screw this. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. But uh, so I I met uh, I met Sean. Um, what was it? Year? Two years ago? I don't even remember. It feels like ago? way longer than that. Don't you fucking tell me we've only known each other for like two years. I'm pretty sure it's don't only you been dare. two years. I went to your wedding. I know. I know. <laughs> That's the fun part. Oh, this is. Getting... I had to watch you take someone else to be your life partner. It, it's okay. You got you got a five star pool. You got the you got the featured. Gotcha. Should change your username to betray KL Trifecta. <laughs> I don't like it when mommy and daddy That's fight. <laughs> no, because because this would have been the second year of ShineCon, and it was right after the first year, and I met you the first year of ShineCon here in Vegas. That's that's nuts. That, yeah, that I... just goes to show like how quickly I develop attachments. Cause like it, it, when I whenever the wife and I talk about how long we've known each other, we're like, that's so long. But that's so short. Mm-hmm. So, well, how long was it? Don't leave it suspense. Oh God, I was hoping you wouldn't ask that. Uh, <laughs> I met her. She started attending Western during my junior year because she was two. Was it the? No, I thought it was two years difference. Don't play with me like this. Uh oh. Do we got? Do we got to cut this part? <laughs> yeah, she's messing with me. So it was junior year, um, and that means it would have been 2010 going into 2011. So we've known each other for just under 10 years. Okay. (laughs) But, yeah, so long yet so short, yes. I mean, I think it feels longer because the beginning of 2020 has been the worst five years of my life. (laughs) So far. 
so far. We're only in month four of this year, guys. We're only we're only in year three of this year. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, we have a crazy decade ahead of us for the next three hundred days. But it goes to show, like one, uh, you guys have just had this amazing it's a, friendship it's that okay. I'm totally not it's jealous okay. of. After November, when Russia takes over, they're gonna restart the calendar system so we can start fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Screw that! I'm on the Chinese calendar. Go ahead, fat choy, everybody. It'll change from AD to AP for after Putin. Mm. <laughs> But, but yeah, you're you're right. Like it, it just goes to well, it goes to show how close the bond is, but also it just goes to show how personable Sean is. Like our our friendship, quote unquote, I, was was and I and I use that in quotes because I still was like super super starstruck the entire convention that I like was was with him. But since day one, it was like it went from being oh my god. This guy has voiced like some of my favorite characters in recent video games too. Oh God, he's such a big fucking dork. I love him. <laughs> yeah, don't don't act like having Sean Chiplock on your wedding was like the second biggest highlight of that day. It was, it, yeah. First, first biggest highlight was uh, the the cocktail that we got. Oh, like in fucking gallons. It was so good. I hope your wife doesn't listen to this podcast, man. <laughs> Oh, it's totally good. AKL, <laughs> I think one of the first memories AKL has of me is when I ate the entire spoonful of, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, horseradish when trying yes. to throw my steak. Un unblinking, too. <laughs> Mad lad. Uh, let's, let's see if I can kind of round us back into focus yeah. here. <laughs> so we got Sean Chiplock here. Here's here and answer a few questions that we have. Um, about the world of voice acting in games, um, streaming, and just kind of the idea of, you know, what is it like being a <laughs> a big time a tier? I like the specific part you chose to laugh at. What's it like being a <laughs> voice actor? <laughs> I'm trying. I, I'm trying to be like. Uh, I should really stop while I'm ahead. I have this problem, no, but I can stop cool. now. No, it's fine. This is great. We're going to go on a six-month break. See you later. <laughs> I can never show question? my face. Um, we're just here to talk about like you know your career, your your, your perspective on everything you've done. But So let's kind of bring it on to our first question here is, you know, what got you interested in voice acting? Who were some of your influences? Uh, boredom, Neopets, and Fullmetal Alchemist. Now, that will... <laughs> That's the, isn't that like the most common story for everyone? The story that I tell people and I try to keep it consistent was uh, during a lot of stuff happened during my sophomore into junior year of high school, apparently junior year or junior year of something junior year of high school, uh, right before the beginning of 2007. Um, I, I was one of those people who stayed up super late because Neopets in the Midwest, the reset time was at 3 a.m. So 3 a.m. is when I would do all of my dailies before either finally going to bed or playing Maple Story until 6 a.m. when I was supposed to be getting up for school. Um, and uh, during one of those evenings, the Adult Swim block had rerun for the night. You know, Full Metal Alchemist was either just finishing up or it just started. I forget which it was. Uh, but it had been constantly advertising the Adult Swim website, and I was getting really annoyed at how they were advertising the website. So I did what most people do when they're getting annoyed by something and want it to stop, and I went to the website. Um, so I uh, uh, checked out a couple of videos, and I ended up coming across, it was like a preview clip of a section of Trinity Blood for an episode that was going to come out pretty soon. And it had one of those, it, it had like those MTV style blurbs that would pop up like behind the music videos where it would show like little factoids or hyperlinks to other things that you could check out. And one of them was a scene or a small bit of Troy Baker in the recording studio recording for Able Night Road. And watching him do that and seeing him talk in front of the mic at the same time that on the other screen, his character was moving their lips is what actually like pinged the light bulb in my head of going, Oh, that's a thing. People do that. I get it now. And, and talk. I, I didn't know what it was or what the process was like. But as someone who was kind of bored with a lot of the things he was learning in school and hadn't really developed an attachment to any particular subject, that was the, the little flame kindle that I actually was interested in. And I latched onto it almost like a kind of Stockholm syndrome at this point. Um, and I just wanted to learn more about it. So it, 
a lot of a lot of the inspirations in my life or a lot of the developments that I make in my life can pretty much be traced back to lingering exposure and thoughts about something on a small scale that end up happening uh, that end up having a single event flick the gas switch on and all of a sudden that little tiny flame that exists but hasn't really done anything becomes this roaring fire that I go I need to focus this before it goes back out and it just ends up getting developed into something and that's what happened with voiceover that's what happened with that's what's happening with the twitch streaming and hopefully hopefully that'll happen down the line with uh, animation because that's the thing that um, I touched on back when I was a teenager and I, I did I dabbled just a teeny tiny bit in messing around with uh, Adobe Flash and uh, who knows we'll see what the future holds you know yeah. I have to say it's really amazing how like it's always those unexpected events that seem really small at the time that have the biggest impact on us in the long run you know it it's all opportunity or preparation plus opportunity equals success and you know mm. uh, you mentioned a small event in the grand scheme of things, it's a small event, but a perfect example is when I, I told my dad that all I wanted to do for my birthday in 2009 was go to Anime Expo because I heard that Bang Zoom was doing this voiceover AX Idol competition. And doing that competition and winning the competition, just it's fast. Humble brag. So throw it out there, is what put me on their radar, which allowed me to start my business connection with them when I finally moved out to California three years later. And Bang Zoom is the direct, uh, resource that led me into getting in contact with the folks who were doing casting for Breath of the Wild. So that small event helped start, or provided the foundation that inexplicably uh, allowed me to make the connections necessary for something like that to happen. So you never, you never know what's going to lead to what else down the line. I want to point something out here. Um, that event was in said uh, 2009, right? Uh, me doing the competition was in 2009, yes. And so, and you didn't start recording for Breath of the Wild until what year? Maybe like 2016-ish? It was, it was several years after I moved out to Calvary. I moved out in 2012, um, and it was at least two or, uh, three years or so after that. Oh, see, so look, you know, I just want to point that out here that like, you know, that small event that was, and then like several years later, that's when you got your like, would you consider it like your big break, your, your volley roll? I don't know what's considered a big break because like, yeah, you know, Breath of the Wild was a release day game for Nintendo Switch, one of the best performing Legend of Zelda games of all time, if not one of the best performing games for Nintendo of all time. Um, but when it comes to like my profession, my career, it hasn't necessarily opened doors like there aren't clients hmm. that go, I want you to play this character because you voiced Rivali. So a lot of my roles are kind of their own special entities for that moment mm. in time. But what determines whether I get hit it big is really my body of work, my portfolio, my mm -hmm. continuing efforts, you know, the, the clients that I make connections with. It's not just Mortal Kombat or just Breath of the Wild or just Trails of Cold Steel. It's, the, it's all of the bricks combined that come together to build that wall of my body of work that people can step back and appreciate, which is a really bad analogy to make in this current political climate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I, I just I got feel, it. Yeah, I, I feel like that's actually really good though, because that helps. And I'm, and I'm sure you probably have seen this with other people, but um, typecasting I feel is a thing, like definitely. And it feels like you don't have to worry too much about that because right. one of your range and two because one you second, have... one second honey can you mm -hmm. come in here honey fuck yes please. <laughs> thank you okay anyway sorry it was 420 we had to blaze each other oh <laughs> ah, yes okay. oh, that's anyway, right. keep going um but yes uh so i feel i i feel like um a lot of there, there are some voice actors out there that are kind of typecast because of the one like major role that they play. First one that comes to mind is like David Hayter as Snake. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and it feels like you haven't had to worry too much about that, where like a lot of people can recognize you from one or two major roles, but because of um, one, your vocal range, and two, um, just the amount of varied people that you've played in such a short amount of time, it feels like you've avoided being typecast. I disagree. 
Um, really? Or at least I, I, if anything, it just hasn't happened to the degree that it happens for other folks. For example, uh, a colleague of mine, Zeno Robinson, is incredibly, incredibly talented. Honestly, should be considered one of the like generational talents that people look up to for the next for the next group that is now in their amateur stages. But even though he has an incredible range, he gets typecast to hell and back. There are studios that, for whatever reason, refuse to even consider him unless the role happens to be black and looks like it's a type of character that he would play. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't happen to me to the, at that much of a degree. And I don't know if that's because I'm white or because of something else. But I can count, and it requires more than two hands, the number of times that clients have told me if I didn't see you standing before me right now as you do that voice, and I were just looking at a picture of you, I wouldn't have believed you were capable of doing that. Um, and in fact, uh, although it wasn't with the same person who directed me, that did happen with Breath of the Wild because um, the, the first role that I was cast as was Great, De uh, Great Deku Tree. And that only happened because I got callbacks and I did the Great Deku Tree as sort of a show off when I was live in the studio. But the way that that was handled with the person who was handling that at the time suggests that if I had just done it remotely, barring the fact that voice transmitting over, you know, data wouldn't have sounded as crisp as in the studio, that it might have actually worked against me because the person didn't see me doing it in real time. So mm -hmm. it's hard to discern whether or not I'm being typecast because the people who aren't considering me aren't going to tell me they aren't considering me. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. I, can only, I can only operate off of the folks who are currently working with me, and it's hard to process, well, how many studios are out there that, A, don't know me, or actually, B, do know me, but don't think I'm a good fit for anything that they're doing? Um, mm -hmm. So that's a big part of why I, I try not to dwell on it too much. I try to just focus on doing the best job I can with each opportunity that I get so that my body of work will hopefully speak for itself and someone who wants to be studious enough to actually look at my body of work will go, oh, he did this character. He did this character. Okay, so maybe he is capable of doing something like this. Um, but I, I do disagree about the notion that uh, I have avoided being typecast. I think I've just done a good job of capitalizing on the chances that i get while also to some degree having privilege that i'm quietly unaware of um that allows me to get those opportunities that others should also have access hmm. completely really understandable well, said. well is said um speaking of you know your major opportunities i want can you take us back to your first role uh, what was going through your mind when you were recording and what was it exactly uh can we define that a little more? Like, we're um, we talking first professional role, first yeah. professional once role. I started doing what, voiceover. Whatever you consider your first professional role, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I don't want to... If we want to talk about the first one that was in an official recording setting, it would actually be back during college when I did... Uh, I helped out with a, a senior's senior project where they had basically developed a kind of mini game that was styled after, like, Crash Bandicoot. And they had me voice the little Tiki Mask character that was following the main character around. Uh, because that was the first time that I, I was situated in what we would consider an official recording space. You know, uh, a, a booth-like situation with four panels of acoustic foam and the mic in front of me and the script on a tablet or whatever it was at the time. Um, and, you know, what was going through my head was, holy shit, this is just as cool as I thought it would be. You know, that kind of really cemented my interest in wanting to get deeper into the industry because... My brain was going, if this is the kind of environment that I would end up in while working, it, it was kind of that, hey, I'm doing what Troy Baker was doing in that video. This is the same setup. This is the same kind of situation. And damn, this is fun. Um, so that was probably the first big milestone in terms of uh, a job I did that convinced me I wanted to do more jobs like this in the future. And what did you think when you heard the finished product? When, if you oh, did, I was huh? god awful. It was horrible. <laughs> But the, 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 game, the game product was fine because this is a, a senior who was working on this. You know, I'm not going to discredit that. But mm -hmm. my attempt at impersonating Hermes from Futurama to create <laughs> content uh, could honestly be considered unusual, cruel, uh, or cruel punishment uh, for anyone who chose to listen to it. Um, so I'm very glad that's been lost to the annals of time. 
And uh, if it ever does get brought up, uh, please don't alert me to that fact because I'm in a pretty good place in life and I'd like not to go back to that era of darkness. <laughs> I'm, pretty <laughs> sure, I'm pretty sure we don't want to talk about our, our, you know, our high school escapades and whatnot. Or worse, for someone to listen to that and go, you know, I think he'd be really good if I typecast him like that. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a Hermes ripoff, yes. Could, could you imagine somebody like bringing that back? I was like, yeah, you know, we really want you because of this role. And you're just like, thanks, nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's that. But, you know, thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, and last one for me for a bit. What would you say are, if any, are some of the differences between video game voice acting versus, uh, say, animation or anime voice acting? Uh, the big one is usually timing. Uh, anime mm. voice acting is one of the strictest forms of voice acting in that you not only have to match the emotional context, but the context of the level of intensity of that emotion. And you have to make sure the words are only being said when the character's lip flaps permit them to be said. Mm. Um, and so you, you're, you're combining all three of those while trying to not make it sound artificial at the same time. Whereas in video game voice acting, there's a couple different styles. There can be free form where it's like, We'll work it around you. You know, we'll make the text box as fast or slow as it needs to be. There's usually um, uh, a window where it says you can go up to this length of time, but you can't go over it. Um, or there's situations where you do have to time it exactly, but there's uh, that, that's probably the closest to being anime. And uh, when it's that strict, it has to usually be within a few frames. So it's like, oh, if it's two seconds long, it can't be longer than, or it has to be between like, 1.95 and two uh and 2.25 uh, seconds or something like that but in the in most cases it's not as strict as anime is um anime also does tend to lend itself to being a little more exaggerated uh this has changed in recent years with stuff like b stars and a lot of other anime doro hidoro that go for kind of more nuanced authentic performances where the the character development is all in the conversations rather than the stakes so to speak um but because of the nature of the medium and because of the inspiration where it comes from japan really does like to i don't want to say flanderize but they are very big archetype fans so you know mm. the womanizer is a womanizer the confident leader is a confident leader the plucky sidekick is the high energy plucky sidekick and they they will focus really hard into those archetypes and cast accordingly Whereas in video games, you've got the whole spectrum. You know, you can have the seriousness of Mass Effect, the over-the-top bullshit of Bulletstorm, uh, the mm -hmm. Saturday morning cartoon stuff of games like Jade Cocoon 2. Uh, it, it goes all over the spectrum, and that's why, you know, a lot of taking workshops for video games involves asking yourself, what types of games do I want to work on? And then researching those types of games to get a feel for the types of performances that often get cast in those games. You know, Spider-Man on PS4 is not going to sound the same as Poyo Poyo Pop Tetris. Mm -hmm. So. Now I want to hear that. Both great games. Yeah. <laughs> just hear, just hear the mix or, or swap cast. So then Spider-Man, you're like, yeah, Spider-Man, go beat the bad guy. <laughs> You have, and, you, and you and you have like you, you and then you have like people doing like like Tetris T spin. If I don't match these three, they're gonna kill the whole city. <laughs> See now I want it. He's, <laughs> I'm gonna buy this game right call, now. Call it Poyo Pressure Pop. Oh, oh god, that's brilliant. I I can think of a good handful of people that I and, already and know. Spider Man anime. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so we we hit the halfway point, so we're gonna gonna hit a uh, gonna take a quick word from our sponsors, and when we get back. It's gonna be Antonio's turn to ask questions. Yeah. Hey guys, due to Nevada's current lockdown, Gamer versus Taylor has suspended all classes until further notice. However, Jez, Leon, Amanda, Fernando, and are still bringing you the same exciting and fun content on their Twitch chat. The teachers at Gamer vs. Taylor are still doing their weekly race streams, where one member of the team tries to finish a game before another member can complete a related cosplay. You can find them at twitch.tv slash Gamer vs. Taylor, that's Gamer vs. Taylor, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, also Gamer vs. Taylor. And we hope you're excited for the day the school opens their doors once again. 
Gamer versus Taylor. What will you create today? And we're back, and we still got Sean Chiplock on the air. He has not abandoned please, us just yet. I just want to go home, please. I'm, my voice is No, no, don't worry. Don't worry. We will. The shock collar will automatically turn off when we're no, done. That's fine. That's fine. That's kind of my hmm? fetish. I'm talking about just, I want to go home. Oh, fet- Antonio, you're supposed to tell me I wasn't. I'm, supposed- I'm not supposed to please him. I'm supposed to shock. What the- it's, it's okay. It's okay. It gets the job done. I'm remembering this for later. <laughs> But yes, okay, so now it's now it's my turn to interrogate you, Sean. <laughs> All right, take it easy. We're doing a game we're doing a gaming podcast. Relax. I mean you're right. Okay, so so as you said before, recently you've gotten into the whole like streaming scene, Twitch scene. You can follow them at twitch.tv slash Sonic Mega. Uh, we're supposed to say that for the end. <laughs> we I mean we'll remind them. But uh what have been like like ha- have there been any differences between what you expected and what you've actually experienced? Uh, I didn't expect to be stressed this quickly <clears throat> to it, and I didn't expect to have to care about numbers this quickly into it. And part of it isn't really my fault. It's not even like anyone's fault. It's a result of the pre-existing community that I had, which is simultaneously, oh man, there's no way I can express this without it. Okay, so the first part of the stress is because, uh, I've been told by a lot of people so far, they're like, dude, you barely start, you haven't even been streaming for like half a month and you've already got this many followers and you've got this many subscriptions and you've got, you know, you're beating some people who've been streaming for years in terms of average viewership on each stream. And I'm going, ding, ding, ding. And I'm going, well, great. But first of all, I don't know how much of that is because I'm a good streamer or how much of it is because of what I call, um, uh startup clout where i have mm-hmm. a bunch of people who are like oh i want to watch it because it's sean and then over time they realize uh, i'm not really interested in this anyway and i'm just kind of waiting for that that initial burst of interest to fall off and then i'll see the real numbers of how well i'm doing mm, um also for it's doubled because of the fact that uh for example i hit affiliate in no time at all because really affiliate the metrics for affiliate are really more of hey can you commit to actually streaming consistently because the three viewer count is nothing. It's all about, can you stream on seven different days? Can you stream for X number of hours? Like, can you actually put the time in? And then Mm. once you hit affiliate, that's when Twitch goes, okay, well, if you want to be partner, we know that you're willing to stream. Now we need to see that you are able to stream in a way that makes people want to use our platform to watch you. So now we need you to go from three people watching your stream on average to 75 people watching your stream on it. Yeah, that's that is quite the jump. Yep. Yeah, it's a huge jump. And right now I'm sitting at about 50 people on average. And it, it's been waving around. Sometimes it dips. Um, the viewers per stream is like 30. Sometimes it's hit like 65, something like that. So it, it ends up averaging out to about 45, 50 uh, on average. And it's over the course of 30 days. So those dips and valleys help even each other out. But it's like... On the other hand, uh, there's so much that is gated to just Twitch partners that if affiliates had access to it, would make it so easy to hit partnership. And I realize that's probably the reason why Twitch doesn't let them just have access to it. But stuff like multi-streaming, um, that's the big one that I'm thinking of, but just a whole, a whole bunch of perks that make obtaining new viewership and maintaining that viewership so much easier. And the fact that I am so close yet so far triples the stress because I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing it partially because it gives me something to focus on during this quarantine, but mm-hmm. also because for the longest time, there have been so many cases where I would be playing games and I go, damn, I wish I could have shared this with somebody. You know, a big example for those of you who, uh, you know, people who want to check out the VODs. There is a personal progress file VOD uh, when I went to the Stormy Seas in Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX and ended up absolutely curb stomping the boss after a hard fought dungeon. Like completely unexpected how stupidly easy I made it. And this was, was the one where the, the boss only had one like, turn, right? Huh? That was the one where the boss only had like one turn and like. The boss, yeah, he, he had one turn where he did all this setup, and then I, I, I used an orb that we were like, we don't expect this to do anything, but we're going to hold on to it. And it ended up completely nullifying the boss's big mechanic that he was supposed to use to screw me over. 
And that just turned it completely over to my side. So that was one of those things where previously I'd be like, damn, that was super unexpected and hype. I wish someone else had seen this. And now it's permanent. It's a part of the VOD. People can actually see it if I remember to archive it before it goes away forever. Um, hmm. So I'm not in this for the sub money. I My finances are fine. I've got an established career. I do not need the money from Twitch. I don't care if people choose to sub. What I do want to be able to do is just decide on my own terms, I feel like streaming this game at this time because I've got nothing else going on and I want to share this with people. But until I hit partnership, every stream counts. Like, I didn't even realize. Uh, yesterday, I did a brief test stream while I was trying to figure out what was causing the frame drops or rather the, the, the service tech's head. Hey, can you start up one of your streams um, so we can see what's going on with the frames? And the stream only lasted a minute. It was literally a minute-long test. But I didn't announce it. I didn't tell people I was doing it. And there was no reason to because I wasn't actually streaming anything. So that stream had one viewer, someone who happened to see that I went live and decided to pop in. But Twitch counted that towards my average. Mm -hmm. um, and so that means ev for now, every single stream that I do, quote unquote, matters. But it matters in a way that I don't want it to matter. I want all that matters is for me to have access to the ability to stream, to share with communities, to share with other streamers and, and you know, pass folks along to build that community. And I can't really allow myself that freedom until I hit the numerics that Twitch wants. So I really, I know that's a, that's a really long-winded answer, but I hope that shows just how much my brain is focused on this. Like right now, literally while we were on this break, uh, one, a streamer who's been helping me immensely with setting up my layout and help me figure out the tech aspects was like, oops, I've been streaming for 24 hours. Hey, I've got a crap load of people that I want to pass off. Are you planning on streaming today? And to be honest, I wasn't. I told my wife I was taking a break today. But the minute he mentioned, I have a crap load of people I want to raid your channel with, and I thought of all the new people who also joined my Discord, the numbers part of my brain went, hey, this is your chance to get that average up. You should do it. Hurry, hurry, work, work, work. And I don't mm -hmm. like that feeling. This feels I, artificial, even though I know it's necessary. At this point. I mean, you kind of said it earlier. You know, you're, you mentioned that uh, it, it's preparation plus opportunity. Right. So now, even though I'm not 100% willing, I'm able, but I'm not 100% willing, but I have to give serious consideration if after this podcast, I want to start up a stream and try to capitalize on that just so that I can try and reach that goal of what I want so I can get back to doing what I want to do uh, in order to build the community organically. And it's, I hate that I have to think like this. I, I hate it. I hate every single ounce of it. And it's not who I want to be a streamer. Um, so I'm hoping that I can hit those metrics soon and get that access so that I can go, okay, I don't, not, I don't have to care about this anymore, but I don't have to be worried anymore about how it will affect how I want to stream. So that's something that definitely threw me for a loop. Um, but on the bright side, I am so overwhelmed by the generosity of the community. I am so overwhelmed by the, the creativity of the chat, of the people who've made fan art so far, of the sense of community taking place in the Discord. Um, I say that now, and then after this podcast, I'm going to go back to the chaos, which is having our server population almost double uh, as a result of the tweet I made earlier today. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but I, I'm very hopeful because uh, last night's stream for Mystery Dungeon for the live dub playthrough was so incredibly efficient and fun and, and, and consistent and smooth and clean. And it really gave me hope. It, you know, if that competition at AX Idol in 2009 was one of those moments of, hey, maybe I can do this for real. Maybe I can actually make this happen. Streams like last night were what made me feel like, hey, maybe you are doing something well. Maybe you can make this work out. Maybe you can build a community around here. So despite all the stress, I, one, I'm already in too deep to want to just back out. You know, <laughs> I'm going to commit to this. Um, but I am eager to see what I can make of it. And I'm also eager to see how close I am to achieving that freedom that I mentioned where I can stream whatever game I want or whatever game people are interested in and not have to care about how many people are interested in. Mm -hmm. And that, I feel like that's something that's not really touched upon a lot because like um, you and I, Daniel, um, mm -hmm. we are streamers, but we're, I'm personally content being an affiliate because I look at Same. that partner goal and I'm like, I know with like my job and my schedule, I even now with the with the quarantine, I just don't have it in me to stress myself out that much because um, 
I know I would I would burn myself out super fast. Mm-hmm. And you know, I also kind of can relate to you because you know, as the feel also like part of me thinks I have the means, I have the I am willing to do the work. So I kind of want to do make that partner push, but at the same time, like we like what uh, Sean said, like you when you are trying to make that partner push, that's when you start focusing on the numbers, even though you know a lot of a lot of the advice I got from other affiliates is like, don't focus on the numbers because then you're going to stretch yourself out to burnout. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, Sean said here, it's really resonating with probably a lot of people who's going to listen to this right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the thing is like, you don't have to stress about the numbers unless you literally want to make that push, in which case, unfortunately. Right, right. It- it's like, it, you don't, the old adage, you don't have to worry about X, but you should really be paying attention to X. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> damn you catch 22 exactly but you know, yeah no, like your your streams i can i can personally say are going are going great mm-hmm. um, your community is good you have uh, a great you have a wonderful moderator team i must say perhaps he says no one, he's one of the moderators on the channel <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i can feel his nose growing from here <laughs> Um, but no, it's, it's good. It's fun. Like I, I legitimately, I'm, I don't play smash and I've never really been interested in mystery dungeon, but you and the community make the games that even I'm not interested in interesting to watch. And I think that is what all of us here want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to play the games that we want to play and make play them in a way, you know, present them in a way like, Oh, you know, people who may not have seen it in the first place, but you're like, I want to watch this or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, did so, you ask a question? Uh, no, 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 just, just he's, he's that, trying to transition that, to his next question. Okay, I, no, I, no, I thought I followed along, and then there was that silence. So I was like, Wait, did I miss something? <laughs> can you can you tell the difference between uh, Daniel's six years of podcasting and my like one half a year? <laughs> it is it is tangible. But yes, uh, so question two for me. Um, so, so far, what has been your favorite or most memorable part of streaming? Part In your short streaming? career. <laughs> uh, last, you know, I, I know it seems like a cop-out to point, keep pointing back to last night, but last night was literally the quintessential experience of what I want these streams to be. It was a mix of, of me providing content. It was me involving the community, whether directly through the folks doing the dubs for characters that they were assigned, or the chat making decisions for me, like which Pokemon do we keep on our team? What are we nicknaming them? You know, having them spend the points that they earned from watching the channel in the pl- first place, rewarding them for their participation. Because uh, I've uh, ever since I got interested in streaming, I knew I wanted it to be a thing where it was me working with the community, not showing off to the community. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. And and just like the fact that we had folks timing subscriptions to cause the Goku scream to happen when a boss character was on screen uh, doing their roar, like mm-hmm. just so many moments where where chat controlled the action on screen and was doing so in a really entertaining way. Um, and that's what I want this to be. That's what I want to have happen on a lot of the streams that I do. I want it to be a shared experience, not just, hey, I'm doing this and you can either watch it or you can get out. So mm-hmm. I feel I feel like that particular mindset is the uh, is the main difference between, you know, being a, a streamer and an entertainer. And mm. I, I definitely know I'm not there yet. Um, I don't know about you guys. I think, Daniel, with your podcasting experience, I think you might have a slight leg up. But... Appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah. So, so question three, though, uh, going back to voice casting, uh, voice acting for just a, a little bit. Is there a particular role uh, that you try to forget about or that you regret? Not counting the one that we already have stated. There is a role. Last year was the first time I ever turned down a role that I was hmm. offered, um, and it was because I learned after the fact that the character I auditioned for was a. Uh, non they were either non-binary or they identified as a certain gender or dressed as a certain way in in, to help with that self-identification that didn't align with me and i don't mean i didn't support it i mean that's not who i am in real life and in an industry where representation is incredibly important but often overlooked i told Mm -hmm. myself 
I I've already gotten in trouble once for this. Like there was a time when I voiced what people would consider a a camp stereotype of a gay uh, uh, character, and it caused one particular actor who identified as LGBT to become so infuriated with me that with that combined with other things, they reached out to their network to make sure I was blacklisted within their circle. Um, wow. So I said, I don't want that to happen again. So when I was offered the character, I said, listen, this is nothing against the studio. I have no qualms about the project, but I, I, I in good faith cannot take on this role because I'm scared it might have repercussions for me that even if they're not deserved may still happen. And I would like someone who identifies in the same way this character does to have a chance to play that type of role. And I even pitched them um, several other actors who fell in line with that character's self-identification, hoping that I, you know, rather than just going, nope, sorry, I'm out, and leaving them high and dry after they cast, that they, I could at least give them resources that they could follow up on. And it ended up getting cast to another straight white self. Um, you know, I, I'm proud of what I did. I don't hold anything against the actor that was chosen. You know, they may not have had a choice, um, but it just sucks because I felt really trapped in that I was super interested in this character, but I also didn't want a repeat of of what was honestly a really unfair backlash that I received for a past role that I had done that was in a similar situation. And I had to make a choice based on that past experience. And I went with my gut and even though I had the best intentions and I wanted, I was hoping it would have a feel good ending where someone got a chance to play a role that they identified as that didn't happen. So, you know, if that, it was, if it was between, still... if it was between that and the other person, I would have enjoyed just taking the role anyway, if I had known it would have turned out that way and just taken on the risk, because then at least I would have potentially had more experience in dealing with that so that I could address anything that came up after the fact. Mm hmm. That is still in like extremely impressive that you not only uh, turned down the role for what I would consider an extremely valid reason, but mm -hmm. also followed up with the company saying, hey, you know, this is why I turned it down. And here are some actors that I feel would fall more in line with right. it. Like that. I don't think, I don't think they were offended. Like I, I think at that point I had a strong enough relationship with them that they were like, Oh, we completely understand. You know, we really would have enjoyed having you as the character, but we respect your opinions and, and thank you for letting us know. And we'll, we'll work towards finding someone else to fill the role. So I, I genuinely don't think that hurt my relationship with them, but it, it, it was for a pretty popular game. So I'm very sad that I missed out on getting to get involved with that community. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have to say, like, it's very impressive, like, the awareness you showed and the, the effort you put in to also, like, you know, I'm not going to take the role, but here are some people you might want to consider. Like, that, that, um, that's something you kind of don't really hear stories of in the industry that, these days. So I, I, I have to applaud you for that. Yeah, no problem. Yes, All right, Daniel? and... As we're kind of kind of winding down here, um, you know, what is some advice that you would give your younger self when you were first starting your career, like knowing what you know now? Pick your battles. In fact, that's something mm. I would tell myself like today is to pick your battles. Can, um, can you elaborate on that? Uh, I'm very grateful that uh, I continue to have the career that I do and that I uh, have managed to avoid some of the pitfalls that have affected other actors, sometimes temporarily, sometimes permanently. Mm -hmm. um, but there are times when in trying to stand up for others or in trying to, similar to Subaru, to seek justice for something unfair that happened, whether it's on my behalf or on behalf of someone else, that I have gotten involved with folks who I should not have let become a part of my life. And while it hasn't impacted me as greatly as it might have, um, there have been some repercussions for that. You know, there have been events or things that I really, really genuinely um, was proud to be a part of or want to be a part of that I may no longer have a chance to be a part of because of these people seeking their own justice against me. Um, and like I said, it's all, it, it all effectively compares to a drop in the pan because I remind myself of what I do have and the opportunities I do continue to have. But there are definitely things in my life that I probably would still have access to if I had decided not to get involved at the time that I did. And now I have to take that as a learning experience and I have to remind myself that I need to spend more time and effort 
building up and working with people who want to support me instead of trying to combat people who want to take me down. Um, mm. Yeah, that's that, that's about the simplest way that I can put it. Um, and I know that some people will interpret that as, oh, what what is Chiplock done? You know, what is what, who's trying to do call outs against him that he's trying to bury them because he did something he's not proud of or he regrets and he doesn't want it to affect his career. No, I take responsibility for when I fuck up. When I make mistakes, I accept the fact that there will be repercussions. Um, and and I, I let those happen and I move on. But for some people, sometimes that's not enough. And they, they don't feel fulfilled until they've gotten the level of, of retribution that they feel is appropriate. Um, and I'm grateful that that hasn't come to pass so far, but I hope it doesn't. Um, and the best advice that I can give myself in the past and even today is if you don't want more risk of that happening, be more careful about how you interact and what you say and what you do and always strive to be the best person that you can be both personally and professionally. And then you shouldn't have anything to worry about. Now, if they thought that was a heavy question, wait until you hear Antonio's final question. Oh yeah, we're we're seven we're seven questions in, and it's time for like the bomb to really, here. to really get deep down into the the psyche of Chiplock. Um, so I'm just gonna lay it all on the table, Sean. Uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Absolutely not. The acid of the pineapple <laughs> denatures the dairy base in the cheese, and it creates. It's similar to when you pour water water on knockoff nacho cheese, and it just kind of like becomes this weird film as it disintegrates. They're not meant to go together, like chemically they're not meant to go together and the acid and the base coming together just creates this weird concoction that tastes awful to me i love pineapple i love pizza but i would not put them together because then the the actual chemical result is not appreciable to me well there you not, go sean chiplock decided science not only did he, did he destroy one of my favorite pizzas he did it with science <laughs> oof oof he's never come back on the show apparently it's it, no, it's it's okay because I I know I know several other people that would have the literally the exact like down to the same science reasoning behind it. <laughs> okay, you know, Sean. That's, that's it. Well, b before you go, you know, I I sent something on the Discord here. I I sent a little like I thought it'd be a little fun thing to do if uh, we do a little cold read. If, would you, would you like to do that? It's only like a two page. Yeah, I saw I saw you post the file, but I can't seem to get it to open on my phone because it's a doc X. Can you just send it as a doc by any chance? Doc X. Yeah, let me see. Oh, wait, if I can never mind. I got it. I got it. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> Glad it could help. All right. So who am I playing? So this is a scene from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, and you're going to be playing Man Ray. I went ahead and highlighted that part. Okay. Um, you can pick any character you want. Uh, you know, Rivali. You, you want to do who? I'll be Man Ray, but I wouldn't mind I, if we like did two passes because so, it looks like it's just the two roles, right? Yes. I I am stepping out of this one. I am just going to enjoy this. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, so I'm you can do it. You can pull the mic out because I see he gets pretty loud towards the end. It doesn't. Don't worry. I'll. I'll. I can uh, fix it if. Okay. That's the case. But um, you can. You can do it as any of your roles, or you can play it as straight as you want. It, you know. You can. I'll. I'll start with Man Ray. It's cool. Okay. You're gonna do it as a Man Ray. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and start it off. We good to go? Yeah. Excuse me, sir, but I do believe you've dropped your wallet. Doesn't look familiar to me. Uh, what? I. I just saw you drop it here. It's not mine. It is yours. I am trying to be a good person and return it to you. Return what to who? <laughs> Aren't you Patrick Starr? Yup. And this is your ID? Yup. I found this ID in this wallet. And if that's the case, this must be your wallet. That makes sense to me. Then take it. It's not my wallet. Ah, you dim bulb! Take back your wallet or I'll rip your arms off! And <laughs> <laughs> see. I. Yeah. God, that was just as good as I was hoping. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> I, 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 Antonio, I appreciate you. Like, stuff. did you mute your mic for that so you could laugh yes. out loud? Yes, I did. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I, I don't think we can 
top that unless you think you can reduce you can you have an idea here oh no i'm good i'm fine oh okay then uh sean chiplock uh voice actor streamer amazing person where can people find you often uh, well thankfully uh thankfully my twitch and my twitter are the same it's sonic mega um so please follow twitter for the memes follow twitch for the streams and uh on either one of those two you can get access to the discord which uh probably rhymes with eames but i'm still thinking of the word that fits it's, it, it's a work <laughs> in progress <laughs> and antonio where can people find you uh, you guys can find me streaming on Twitch as well at AKL Trifecta. You can also find me on Twitter and Facebook, also AKL Trifecta. And you can find myself on twitch.tv slash the perpetual player one, on Twitter as perpetual player, and on Facebook and Instagram as the perpetual player one. I'd like to thank uh, Sean Chiplock again for joining us on today's podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. If you guys liked what we do, please leave us a rating, comment, uh, five-star review on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And until the next episode, stay indoors, stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Continue to do amazing things. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of New Game Plus. Bye, everybody. See ya.